Get Real with Ralph. Today we have in our studio Maureen Cashin Bullock. Maureen is an acting coach and the proprietor of Actors Craft Studios, which is downtown Kenosha. And Maureen, over the course of her career, has had the opportunity to work with some actors that have launched some pretty successful careers. She attributes this not only to her work ethic, but to some of the acting techniques that she has learned and passed along. So it is a treasure to have her with us today. Maureen, welcome. Thank you, Ralph. And thank you. Uh, Tell us, first of all, how did you get started coaching actors? Well, in 1987, I was living in Los Angeles, and I read this book called What Color Is Your Parachute? And the book helps people find the, a career that they're passionate about. Sure. And uh, over the course of this book, anyway, we have to do the projects, and it takes, like, you know, a lot of work. But anyway, one of the questions it asked in the book was, who has the job you want? And I thought... My acting coach has the job I want. And then it said, go to the person who has the job you want and ask them what you have to do in order to do their job. So he told me to get a graduate degree from a reputable university. Uh, Northwestern was one of the ones he mentioned. My family was living in Chicago. So I thought, oh, I can go back, be with my family again, just keep working towards my career and do that. So when I was in LA, I studied with some of the top acting coaches in the country. And then I got my undergraduate from Columbia College and my master's in TV film from Northwestern. Wow. And so... So at the time when you read this book, you're, were you trying to make it as an, as an actor in Los Angeles? Yes. I, well, what I was doing at the time, I was actually working doing accounting. Accounting? <laughs> cost, ac cost accounting. Cost so. accounting. For Hughes Aircraft Company. It wasn't even for the movie industry. It was not, and I was <laughs> and I was study I was studying acting. I actually went up to study acting, and uh, yeah, so that's what I was doing. I was I absolutely I loved class. I loved the creative process of creating characters. I love character development. So now I get to do uh, character development like all the time. So. Sure, and some of that character development is in the form of of actors, and I think any actor over time starts to assume their own alter ego that they've kind of built for themselves to a point. Would you, would you say that that's true? When someone really makes it and whatever it is they're doing gives them a great deal of success, they kind of almost fall into the role of that person as the actor instead of as the person? Or would you say that's only true with some people? I would say that that's probably just true with some people. Uh, the great acting is about being yourself if these are the given circumstances of your life. So sure. if these were your parents, this was your economic background, where you lived, what is the truth of how you would behave in the circumstance? Yeah. So you start from, you know, like with character development, you'll start with what you and the character have in common, and then you find out what those changes are. Now, do some people get a false sense of who they are in Hollywood? Hmm, yeah. Yeah, I don't even know if it's a false sense. I'll only think of an example of what I'm trying to say. Well, we have a lot of actors that are now uh, professionals in politics, right? So true, that. true. It seems, at least to me, that, that acting styles have changed so dramatically over the course of our lifetimes that I think early actors would see what's being created now as, as really good but unrecognizable compared to 
to older movies. You look at old Western movies, for example, and I'm using that as a reference, and or old uh, or Gone with the Wind or Catherine, any of those old movies. Catherine Hepburn. Exactly. You know, darling. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it was like the blocking for a stage play on a movie set, very much. Yes. And you had to project, and you had to. It was almost Shakespeare on camera. And you've seen that change, and you've seen that really change, I'd say, from the 80s forward is when you really saw the gears shift to really getting more introspective, and you're able to see the, the complex layers of a character in movies. What, what do you credit that to, besides the fact that just technology has improved? Well, I think the craft of acting has, has, has shifted all along. I mean, even back in Shakespearean days, a lot of times those plays were done, people were standing forward talking to the audience, right? So then right. that shifts, and then they, they interact, and then, oh, lo and behold, they have women acting. Of course. <laughs> as opposed to all-male casts. And, I'm um, a big fan of that. Then we, <laughs> and then Stanislavski, actually, he, he developed uh, what they called like, method acting. So Stanislavski was a scientist of human behavior, and he was uh, looking at how to recreate natural behavior in imaginary circumstances. So different uh, people went to study with Stanislavski in Russia, and let's say you know, they, they went there and they came back and say, oh, this is method acting, and then... Ten years later, another group of people would go and study with Stanislavski, and they'd say, oh, well, this is method acting. But Stanislavski himself said that this is a process that's at the beginning, and you're going to be adding to it. So he was coming up with these different techniques. And then you have people that took what they learned from Stanislavski and made it their own. So like even like Ivana Chubbuck, I teach the Chubbuck technique. Sure. And Ivana Chubbuck, technique is based on method but she has come together like with, with these 12 steps to create a more natural approach to you know who you are she works with like working from your own personal pain to give yourself this what you're talking about creating characters of more depth instead of these top of the mountain characters that have no problems right so and people like I, I think that people want authenticity more and more and more in their in their entertainment Yes, they want to see themselves on the screen. They want to see themselves triumphing over adversity or, you know, laughing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Laughing through the pain or whatever, you know, having a with that, yeah. So on a cold, rainy day, nowhere to go, and Maureen has nothing to do but, but watch a movie she's already seen before a million times or at least a hundred times. What, what are you going to put on? Okay, I have very simple tastes, all right? So... Movies that I do not get tired of seeing over and over again, I'd say Forrest Gump. Okay. I, I enjoy Forrest Gump. Tom, you know, Tom Hanks does a great job. It's a great uh, story. I love that it keeps putting things back into history, right? Uh, Tom Hanks is a great actor, I too. I know I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. That's right. <laughs> and he was a, and That's probably he, my favorite line of the whole movie. And, that, that, that sums up his entire character. Yes. He knows what he wants. Yes. He's not, he, he, and he knows he's not brilliant, but being present was more important to him than anything else. And I would say that that is the ultimate movie about being present. Yeah. Show up. Just showing up. Not 90% of life. And you know what? That's a, that is a life lesson. 90% of life is just showing, showing up. up for it. When I talked to my actors, I said, you know what? You can sit around waiting for people to hire you. Or you can make the magic happen. Create your own projects. So, yeah. I have um, 
a Facebook group called Actors in Wisconsin. It's got about 3,500 people on it. 3,501 after this show. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But what it is, I started it back in 2009 because I have actors, and an actor might not be ready to go to an agent right away, but you need to start building that reel and creating, you know, creating a resume so that people will look at you. So I started Actors in Wisconsin, connecting filmmakers. This was back when um, we had film incentives in the state of Wisconsin. So we don't we don't have those anymore. But but connecting these filmmakers with actors, and now it's become like this great resource. So we have some uh, like student filmmakers. Universities are recommending it to their film students. So now you have anywhere from film students to people that are actually working with SAG actors. Uh, that are looking for actors, and then we have actors from beginning actors to seasoned actors with decades of experience, and they're making this connection, sure. and they're creating their own opportunities. The world is getting flatter with all the, the technology. The internet has changed how you can go after creating your career. I mean, as you know, with what you're doing That's here. why we're here, exactly. Right. I'm, so. a, I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of a public speaker and uh, marketing consultant, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't know if you've heard of Gary V or mm-hmm. not. And it's for me, it was crazy because when I started listening, when I started reading his book and I started watching his YouTube videos, it was a guy who is my generation who thinks like our generation but has the, the tech savviness of a millennial at the same time who is basically telling me to do the same thing that the voice in my head has been telling me to do for the last 10 years. But here's another person saying it. And so, yeah, I took both feet and just jumped into creating creative content, not just for the sake of, well, originally for the sake of marketing my real estate business. Yeah. But then this is something I've always had a passion for, and I realized, wow, there's an outlet for it. You don't have to wait. Yeah, right. And you see this now. You see people becoming famous, but not in the, not in the traditional sense of famous. They're becoming famous through... Instagram or YouTube or Facebook or we just interviewed two guys yesterday that became famous through LinkedIn of all places and they are absolutely killing it making a living doing what they have a passion for Mm -hmm. independent of the film industry and that's exciting and the film industry is changing because now you can be a filmmaker but you can have your own channel and you can be putting your your you know, your projects up and now you have people in Hollywood that can be looking at you and thinking, oh, you know what, they may, might be worth my dime. Sure, sure. Yeah. Look at look at the career of Justin Bieber. I'd say that's probably yes. the earliest case yeah. of somebody going from internet famous to traditional famous. Yes. Uh, probably by far the, the earliest case I can think of. But there are so many that have followed after that now it's commonplace. And I don't. you just... You can just blow the doors right off if your content is good. And that's the thing about YouTube. It is the most, YouTube is the largest network in television now. And I tell people that and they go, what do you mean? And I said, well, you know, you used to watch YouTube on your computer, right? Yep. But people aren't watching YouTube on their computer anymore. They're watching it on, where's Grim in that remote? They're watching it on this. They're watching it on their television, on their fire stick. And they're hitting that button and they're playing a, a movie or a show or a podcast, or whatever it is, right off of YouTube as if it's on television. Yeah, if I knew, if I understood, how, I, I need to get my teenager to show me how to Absolutely. Operate. I know I have that capability Absolutely. on my TV. It, I just don't know how to do it myself. It, what's crazy about it is you have more people logging in daily and viewing YouTube videos than ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox combined. 
I did not know that. So it is now the biggest network in television worldwide because there, there are no boundaries. There are no territories. There is no Federal Communications Commission governing what you can and can't say and do and put out there. And in addition to being the biggest network out there, it is the most democratic network out there because anybody can access right. any content. That's right. If your content starts getting accessed then to a point that is popular, you'll start getting paid because YouTube needs the content. Yes. So they're going to pay. Their, they're going to reward their best content providers. And now you're seeing that happening, starting to happen on Facebook. You're seeing it start to happen on Instagram. And then you have the Hollywood elites, who some of them are taking notice and pulling people in. But there's still that little air of arrogance. I think that well, that's. That's just on social media. But I believe it's going to go away in, in, in the entertainment industry over the next five to ten years. Yep. It's, be- the, it's the David and Goliath, right? So if it Dave, is. A Dave, the, anybody could be a David, right? Yeah. We all know that what David happen. ended up being long after he defeated Goliath. He was king for a, for, for a very long time. Yep. And he was the unlikely king. And this is... This is definitely the case of that. I was at CVS last night, and there's this big display of some cologne, and I called up my 17-year-old, and I said, who is this person? (laughs) You know, I I mean, I don't know her. And she's like, oh, she's a YouTuber, and she teaches people how to do makeup, and so now she's got a cologne line. Yes. At CVS. Yes. So, there you go. Yeah, and product, and that's the big thing, is merchandise, is product, getting sponsors, Whatever it happens, whatever it happens to be, you can you can go out and make your own destiny. And the same thing is happening now for for actors. Now it used to be that um, you know you would have to land, and and having an agent is still very good because an agent is going to take care of your legal needs. You're not going to know all the ins and outs of a business, and it's good to have somebody that's going to protect you and look out for you. Of course. Um, but in terms of in terms of getting work, a lot of times now these movies, these big movies, are sending out uh, casting notices to the general population. Right. So now you can be a girl in Lindenhurst, Illinois, and audition for the Bobby Brown movie. You know, to to pay to play his daughter, right? And you that's s- just shocking. Yeah. Shocking that, the, that 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 never, before you had to have an agency that let you know when the casting call right. was. So I have a I have a girl that got a call back on these things. So for, the, for these great movies that Oprah Winfrey did a movie recently too. Oh my gosh. Well, anyway, it was like traveling in time. I forget. Oh, A Wrinkle traveling, in Time. A wrinkle in Time. Based on go. the book a that we all had to read as children. <clears throat> right. So my my student, um, she auditioned Sonia Untermeyer. So she auditioned for this. We sent in the audition in the morning. A few hours later, later, we got a call back for A Wrinkle in Time. Sure. And think about how that streamlined the process for them. All they have to do is open up their email, click the link. Right. 20 years ago, you had to send a VHS out with your headshot. Yeah, well, you had and to. And that was your reel. You'd send out your headshot and your reel if you're, if you're going to send a reel out, if they ask for one, correct? And you would probably have to go through your, the reel would probably go to your agent. Right. And then you would get to the casting director. And those reels really have changed, too. Because it used to be, they'd say, oh, your reel would be like nine minutes, no longer than 12. That was the 80s, right? Now right. it's like three minutes, four minutes. Right. So they're just looking for sound bites. They're just know? looking for a quick next, next, next. So I tell my actors, I'm like, you know what? It doesn't matter. When you when you do a project working on building your experience, I said it can be a terrible movie. But if there's like 15, 30 good seconds of you that shows you can act... Just do it. You know, you're able to make the magic happen on somebody else's dime. You're able to get your, you know, and they're seeing, oh, people are casting her and things. So if other people are casting, 
if other people are casting you, then they're going to have a little bit more comfort in casting you too. I believe acting is a combination of natural ability and a perfected craft or a skill. I, I, there's both, just like there is in athletics, yes. just like there is in modeling, just like there is in just about any industry. You can be, you can have an average level of talent, but have an insane work ethic and make it. Yeah, I would agree. And yeah. you see other people that have an insane level of talent, and they don't have the work ethic, but they still make it because their talent is just there. And you think to yourself, man, if they even worked at it, how amazing would they be? And then you have that rare gift where somebody has the combination of both, which is is very rare. Would you not agree? Well, yes, it is very rare. You know, it's, uh, you know, 5%, you know, of the people are working regularly. So it's a, it's a difficult industry. Do you, feel like you, do you feel like you are able to spot that it factor after working with so many uh, gifted people? Yes. Yes. How I, long does it take you to know that someone is just it? Um, well, sometimes, I mean, with, with kids, like, there's a, there's a different uh, standard, really, with children. Right? Sure. Because there's less, they expect less of a resume. So with, with children getting cast, you know, if I see somebody that I know that is capable, you know, I could, I'll, I'll, recommend, I'll recommend them. I'm like, oh, I think this person's ready to act, okay? As, as you get older, let's just, and I say older like being 12, you know? Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's ancient in the acting world, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, younger than that, you know, they're, but, but as you get older, they're expecting that skill set to be more in place. They're, expect, they're expecting you to have some training to know how to, how to carry yourself. Um, but in terms of, you know, spotting that it factor, it goes both ways. Like what you were saying, people that invest themselves in the process. Because I've had people that have come to me that, that have been, like, really shy, so they have the talent, they're, you know, they're doing the stuff at home and, you know, whatever. But then when they get in front of people, then they have to, they have to overcome, you know, these own obstacles that they've put in front of themselves. And what I love about what I do, um, oh, and the other thing is, that I want to add to that, they, they have their own obstacles, but then everybody knows what's wrong with them. Right? Right. We all know what our problem is. Every, every, right. every family's got crap. Every person knows what's wrong with them. Right. And what I love about what I do is I get to work with these people and teach them that the stuff that, um, you know, the stuff that they perceived as being uh, something wrong with them is the stuff that helps make their work beautiful and unique. Sure. And they start to embrace themselves. And then they start to let go of this judgment and then they fly. Right? Yeah. So, I'd say this become a, even more true in this day and age for women. I think that this whole notion of conventional beauty is slowly. I mean, yeah, it's always going to oh. be there, but you see more and more women putting those inhibitions away and stepping out in front of a camera, stepping up on a stage, making it big in Hollywood, not because they fit a a prototypical what, what a model should look like but because they have talent and ability and they have something to say and, right. and they're good at it and, 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 and I'm not going to name names because I would I, I don't want anybody thinking that I'm saying that those particular women are not beautiful they are beautiful but it's the the conventional beauty versus the just being yourself and being authentic right and people are loving 
authenticity now more than yeah, ever. Yeah, you get to see yourself reflected on the screen. You know, and actually, if you watch uh, Parkside, we're so lucky to have Parkside with their foreign film series, right? So when you go watch these movies at Parkside, you're seeing actors of all types. They're not all the beautiful people, right? Right. right. And so, so Europe has embraced this years ago. Europe has embraced this. And Hollywood still has a little Hollywood slick going on. But, of course. But, I mean, there's still projects that are taking in the full... You know, I, I, I'm going to mention Melissa, Melissa McCarthy because she's just a darn good time, right? Yes, and that's, she, that, and, and, there's an example. Right, and, and with men, you can mention, like, uh, Danny DeVito. Sure. You know, Danny DeVito, you know, shows up, he's like four foot eleven, and he's showing up for leading man characters, right? Right. Who's but that's been going on that's been going on longer for men. For men, yeah. That, and that, that was my point is men have always been have, have always had those opportunities, and I think that there were less opportunities for women in movies and theater before. Oh definitely. There and still is. You're seeing it catch up. Would you not agree? Uh, we're we're seeing hasn't more, caught up more, yet. Yeah, it hasn't caught hasn't up. Hasn't caught up. Women yet. have to create their. There's still more roles out there for men. So sure. this is what we're saying. Sometimes you have to make the magic happen. You have to create your own opportunities. Um, to uh, you can sit around all day waiting for somebody to hire you, uh, or you can say, "I have an idea for a project. Let's co collaborate." Which is what I love about that actors in Wisconsin page because it used to be like, "Well, who do I know?" Well, now you've got like 3,500 people in, know each Wisconsin, other. Yeah. in Wisconsin. And you can say, I need, I need a cameraman. I need a sound guy. I need, you know, I need an actor. I need somebody this old. I think right? I need a sound guy. <laughs> <laughs> to add, not to replace. <laughs> so this is a great, you know, it's a great way. It's a great way to, to network, to make your own projects. Yeah. And that's, that's the beauty. That wasn't. That wasn't happening right. before and, YouTube, really. And women need to be stepping up and putting those projects together. Because we could, you know, a long, long time ago, I I learned, you know, we can all say they should, they should, they should, they should. And there's there comes a time in life when you have to say, I should. We are the they I'm going that to. needs to make the magic happen. Right. You know, so, yeah. I mean, like I accidentally started an Irish school in Chicago. I had no plans to start an Irish school. An I had Irish no, school. Yes, I started the first ongoing Saturday morning ethnic school for Irish, the Irish in the United States by accident. Well, I wish I'd have known that before I did my interview over at Ashlings, and I would have brought you with when I sat with Paul. But that would have been fantastic. Do you know Paul over at Ashlings? Um, my husband knows him because he plays. My husband has a band called Twang Shui, and they've played music at Ashlings. Yes. Okay, I did not know that was your husband. That's yeah. that's that's good he stuff. He plays pedal steel, Keith Bolog. We're gonna have we're gonna have a lot of fun together, Maureen. Now that now that our our social circles are are colliding like 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 cold fusion going on here. Yeah, but but things like that, you know, I was doing I was doing a promotional video for the Irish American Heritage Center, and then somebody said, "Oh, we need more young people here," and I said, "Oh, Noel Rice had an idea for a school on Saturday," and uh, so the president of the board of directors at the Heritage Center said, great, put together a proposal and pitch it to the board. So I just thought I was going to like like produce it because I, I produce and direct things. I thought, well, yeah. I was just going to like produce it and then somebody else was going to take it over. And uh, I ended up being the founding director for this program and I was there for four years. And I think that was what gave me the courage to start my own studio because I had created the successful program on somebody else's dime for Irish school and so I stepped down from that in uh, 2004, and then in April 2005, I started Actors Craft. 
And it's been it's been a success. You've coached some some actors that have gone on to do some fantastic things. Yeah. Let's let's talk about a couple of examples of them. Uh, I would say probably the most notable is uh, is is Paris, right? Yeah, Paris Burrell. So yeah. she's a little girl from uh, Germantown, Wisconsin. And so back when she was 11 years old, she was uh, she had a regular acting coach that she had in Chicago, but that acting coach wasn't available when she had an audition for Diary of a Wimpy Kid. So this uh, other mother, Carolyn Tyler, her son Denzel was with me, and she told uh, Paris's mom about me. So Paris came to me. We worked on her audition. And when she went to uh, her agent afterwards... At uh, Lily's Talent, they said, you know, don't bother coming down to Chicago anymore. Stick with that acting coach in Kenosha. She found what Paris was missing. And Paris eventually, um, when she was 13, she auditioned for Disney. And initially, she was part of the cast of, um, they had two casts going for Girl Meets World, a 9-year-old cast and a 13-year-old cast. She was part of the 13-year-old cast. And so they... um, but then they went with the nine-year-old cast, so everybody was sad. But then she went back again in January and auditioned for Mighty Med on Disney XD for superhero Skylar Storm. And the uh, Disney executive... My daughter loves Skylar Storm. Yes. Loves watching she's that. A, she's a superhero, right, with that younger generation. Absolutely. But the Disney exec said that uh, Paris's skill set put her way above her competition. So she... Got Disney XD, so she was just mine when she was thirteen, and she got that. Yep. And uh, but I was. Is she uh, how old now? Is she nineteen or twenty now? Wow. I think she. But I was. I got. I was uh, on set with her for when she was shooting episode one of the show. So. Do you keep in touch? I, I think I gave you that. I yeah, gave, yeah. I gave you know, you that I'm sorry, we're, we're gonna take. We're gonna take a look at the real here. Yeah, but, and so then, that, uh, we'll, that photograph you have is me and Paris. We're in her dressing room at Disney for. Um, this is like on the set of Mighty Med for the first episode. So not the pilot. First they shoot a pilot, right? And then the pilot has to get picked up. And so now they're 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 shooting the show. So that's well, so but, I flew out to California and I got to be there for that. That was really fun. That's awesome. Let's take a look at your reel here at, at some of these uh, some of these actors that you've coached over time, and okay. then we'll, and then we can uh, expand on, on some of these other great actors that you've uh, been able to work with as well. Yeah, I put this reel together several years back because uh, Francisco was, Loyola was doing something, and I needed <laughs> material. I'm never <laughs> memorizing before I analyzing. Never going to do it. Analyze, memorize, analyze, memorize, analyze. For all you students of Maureen. Never, an- never memorize before you analyze. Aluminum linoleum. Aluminum linoleum. I'm doing this because I want. You're doing this because you can't help yourself. Look, when I want to be analyzed, I'll pay for it. Didn't you see yourself there when he started to rage? You shrank. You stay up with me. Uh I shrank at the ugliness of what was happening. You're staying because you can't stand his wrath the day you say, Dad, I'm leaving. You've never been able to stand up to his anger. Are you going to take care of him? What? 
Yeah. While we're talking. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so so. And I, uh, I, I can pause it whenever you. Yeah. yeah. So this is uh, Sid Valachero. The other the uh, I worked with him actually that previous clip right there was him was me teaching him how uh, audition technique because he had this uh, audition for a Vince Vaughn film. Uh-huh. And he was a brand new actor at the time. He had done like a one day workshop with me in, in Milwaukee, and. Then he got offered, uh, you know, to this audition for Vince Vaughn film. So he came to work with me. Well, he didn't even know how to audition. He was that new. Well, after it was over, um, he got a, he was in the director's top five. And so he was really excited. And I'm like, well, who was the director? He says, Ron Howard. <laughs> I'm like, great. Ron Howard? <laughs> you were in Ron Howard's top five? Richie Cunningham. It was so exciting. That is right? exciting. But Ron Howard thought that he was too handsome for the role of the geeky computer guy. Oh, that's going to be my problem if I start auditioning. I'm too handsome too for everything. Handsome. Yeah, I know. What are you going to do? <laughs> oh, my gosh. She was so cute even at 11. Isn't Such she a cute? Cute kid. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And I'm with, what's your agency? And, you know, when you get these scripts for these young black actors, they're always, you know, whatever, they're smoking pot and they're, they've got bad language and the N-word and all this stuff. And, and sometimes, you know, I mean, life is supposed to imitate art, art is supposed to imitate life. I get that. But or to, you can just keep to, perpetuating. Or you can be, or you can be perpetuating a stereotype. Yeah. There's, there's a fine line. You know what? You're That's not, my point. I have not gotten those types of scripts for the Teenage White Boys. And I think this. I, I think this, that the industry is doing a disservice, you know, especially when we're talking, you know. Especially in fiction, if it's a biographical account, I right, would say. Yeah, right. If it's a biography, then you go with, you know, what, what, what's what, the truth? What was what, the truth at the time? What, yeah. What's the truth? But if you're creating a different. If you're creating, you, you can create your own narrative, and you don't have to keep recreating yeah, this, the same narrative over and over again. You don't. You can empower everybody. I agree. Still playing cool. Y'all rappers like a plate of food and never play to lose. So I break the rules, I might break your jaw. Break your arm until I'm breaking off on breaking news. Make a move and this throwaway. Ain't no way they taming zoos. Tell them pop off, going head first and getting knocked off. I'm the illest city. People get it twisted because I'm in the mixing these pop songs. Uh, low key, pocket low beats. Getting no sleep for like four weeks. Newest version of the old me. I ain't needing to my bro My mind's been infected. It's just what I'm left in. I'm soaked in profession. The guess is a mess and I guess is a blessing. I'm stressing the fact. And I'm soaked over X within the session. I'ma pull up quick, flex, throw a cold punch. Yeah. Tell them run up till they pull something. Yeah. The industry keep talking stupid. But the ones that's talking stupid always often losing. Now I'm whip dance, small world, big plan. That is awesome. And we are back on Get Real with Ralph. We were just watching a short video, if you saw it, of Denny Lanes and. Uh, we're in the studio here with Maureen, who had the opportunity to do some coaching with Denny uh, earlier on in his career. What was that like? Well, I mean, he started, he was a little boy, right? So yeah. he, he came initially when he was, I forget how old he was initially, maybe 11. And then when he was, he did a lot of modeling when he was young. Uh -huh. Nice looking kid. And then uh, 
And then when he was a teenager then, he started getting uh, more roles for acting. So he ended up, oh, he had some great auditions. And uh, he, he actually was in the movie Insurgent. He shot for five weeks wow. in Atlanta, Georgia. Big part, small part. He was uh, he was one part of one of those families. Oh, so he got to he got to do that, and he was on Chicago Fire, and he was in a movie, uh, an independent feature, I think, shot in Chicago called Jim Shoe, and that got some sort of awards. It was on the you know on the circuit, the film circuit, so called Jim Shoe. It's a good movie. Did you see it? Yeah. Okay, so it was yeah. So he's anyway. So he's been around, and he's. A very nice, he does a very, very nice job as an actor. And then one of the things I was working with him, he actually got to incorporate his rap music. So even though, uh, so as an actor, he worked under Denzel Armand, so I always call him Denzel. But uh -huh. now he's a rapper and he's Denny Lanes. L-A-N-E-Z, Lanes. So Is he still pursuing acting as well, or is he just going full-time at this rap career because that's where he's at? His rap career is really taking off. You saw, like, at Summerfest. Very high-energy music. I really liked it. He, yeah, he's, he's got and great And there presence. are so many people trying to break into hip-hop because it is the biggest genre right now of music as far as, as sales, and so much of it is lousy. Yeah. And that was good. That was really good. It's very good. He was considered in the top 16... Uh, show perform, uh, performers at Summerfest in 2018. And there, yeah, so there's like 600 different acts that were on stage. I don't know who's laying down his beats for him and doing all that, if it's him or if he has has a particular DJ that's doing it with him. But that was really, that was, if, if that's how all of his stuff sounds, that's, he, it's going to continue to take off. He, he, even when he was a young boy, so he'd be coming working on his audition, right? But then he'd been in, in the. I'd be chatting with his mom because we're friends, and uh, uh, well, we we became friends through this process. And uh, Denny's like writing notes. You know, he's writing out these lyrics and things and practicing them. And so he's he's always rap was always I think his his main passion. Yeah. But he was a very talent a very talented actor as well. You know. Awesome. So and he's a nice. He's a nice kid. Well, we just talked to his mom right before we, we, we did this so that we could uh, work on securing permission to actually air his little one-minute trailer on our show. So hopefully, you get to meet, hopefully, I get to meet him someday because he sounds like a very interesting guy. Yeah, he is a and, and that's and that's now with him. I only worked with him on a short piece for um, for uh, rap music. He had an audition that included that was a one of the characters was a rap musician. So we we worked on that with him. Um, but uh, anyway, I've also worked with, uh, like, dealing with music, people in the music industry, right, when you have to create that stage presence. That's another thing, some of these, it's, it's these techniques. Body language and blocking is all part of acting. Creating that energy. How do you yeah. use your body to create more energy? How do you, you know, fill the space with your presence? You know, that's, that's uh, part of the techniques that I taught. I went to see uh, James Earl Jones on Broadway years ago when he was in Fences, and uh, we were in a 2,200-seat theater, and uh, James Earl Jones, like, filled the space. You know, he was like a force of nature, filling the space. He, and he's then, something. And then I had the opportunity to go backstage to his dressing room. And there he was. He was sitting on the side of the bed with his T-shirt and his, you know, his pants. And he's putting on his shoes and socks. And he was just like your dad at the end of the day, a hard day of work, yeah. putting on shoes and socks. And he was not being a force of nature. He was being a working guy at the end of a hard day and talking. And what impressed me at the time, I'm like, 
wow, he knows how to use his instrument to fill it. He doesn't go around in life being a force of nature right. filling up the place, right? Right. He's just a guy right. that's using his instrument effectively to create, you know, to create these characters and to create this presence. So as actors, we can, you know, we can empower our presence, you know, with with similarly yeah. similarly to that story and this is what Denzel is doing they yeah. said that the act that came on him who, who after came on after him who was you know supposed to be sort of like the headliner that uh, that it fizzled the second act kind of was like a, a down a downward turn after seeing Denzel that who was not considered the headliner that the following act was that's a failure on the part of the main act <laughs> that's what that is this because is, if you have somebody who can get a crowd going that well you should be able to take it over the top to the I mean, next I'm, level. In, I'm gonna say it's because of Denzel's skill set not so much the failure of the main act but that that, that uh, Denzel's skill set puts him above his competition that's what's happening sure and his mom uh, Carolyn was talking about when he that part where he goes over the crowd right yeah. she's like so she's watching her son, you know, was he like 21 years old? Being body surf. Body <laughs> surfing over the crowd. She watched him leaving the stage. <laughs> she yeah. said, Hoping that everybody's going to give him the love and put him back where he belongs. She, said, she, she nearly had heart failure. She's like, well, they had to hold me up. <laughs> oh, to be a mother. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I'm a successful son, you know? So, Absolutely. And now he's traveling. He The week before Somerset... Summerfest. He was actually in uh, in France playing to crowds fifteen thousand people in France, and he had a music video called Purple Flower. Right. That he did with another guy, J R E Riley. I actually don't have to say J R E, but anyway, and uh, it went to number one in Paris, France. It was on the charts, and his music. There's like a four one four program. Anyway, he's been on like the top songs in like Milwaukee as well with his music. So that's that's fantastic, and I love seeing people from the local area just crush it and yes. make it big. Yes, make it big. And he's a nice guy. Seems like it. Seems like it. I, I look forward to it. I hope I get to meet him someday. Yeah. I, that's for sure. Now, one of the things that you attribute to your actor's success, obviously, is the techniques that they employ. And those are the techniques that you that you teach. So I wanted to get into that a little bit and have you give us like a rundown on, on the basics of the techniques that, that you're teaching somebody who is new to the field of acting, doesn't have a specific technique. So I teach what I like to think is the best of the best. So I was fortunate that I got to study with some of the top acting coaches in the country and I bring that caliber of training here. So one of the things I work on is the Chubbuck technique. I'm the only, show your camera here. Yep. The power of the actor. Got Discover it. Discover the power of the actor. And um, written by a woman, Ivana Chubbuck. And uh, she is, like, her book now has been published, like, in 11 countries. And I studied with her, so I got certified by Ivana to teach her technique. And this will take anything you've ever learned about acting to the next level. She talks to you about, you know, harnessing even your personal pain and using that to fuel your win. And when you see this in practice, it is so passionate. It's so rich. Like when I went to study with Ivana, I was watching these scenes and I'm like, oh, they're really good. And then I saw Ivana make them exceptional. And this idea, of, like I was always taught, you know, pursue your objective, but this going for the win 
in spite of these obstacles that you have to overcome, this really creates a much, and, and using, harnessing your own personal pain, like I was talking to you about how these people, everybody knows what's wrong with them. But when you see like the stuff that you thought that was wrong with you, and you can use it to create this beautiful art, it's it's so exciting. It's so exciting to watch the process. So I love uh, Ivana Chubbuck. Well, in a nutshell, how, how, do you, how do you break that Chubbuck technique down? She's got it broken down for you, pal. Gotcha. Step by step. Step by step. 12. 12 steps. That seems to be a thing with actors, 12-step programs. (laughs) (laughs) Now, now going along with this, so I had um, a guy named Harrison Monarth. He is uh, like a a guru that works with um, executive presence, uh, and he goes to Fortune 500 companies. He's worked with you know, politicians and world leader, I don't know, world leader, but anyway, whatever, people in politics, and with CEOs of businesses. And he was, uh, he was leading a program at a, a local Fortune 500 company, and he thought some of these people could benefit from uh, improvisation skills. So he got online, and he didn't even know Kenosha was next to, you know, Racine and he, uh, but what he saw was that I taught the Chubbuck technique, and he's out of New York. So Chubbuck technique means, you know, almost nothing in Kenosha, Wisconsin. But uh, when you're in New York or Los Angeles and you're part of this industry, you understand, you know, that this right. is like a really powerful technique. This is the standard. Act, actor, well, it's not the standard. It's the, it's the cut above. Got so it. the, the uh, actors that have used the Chubbuck technique have won Academy Awards and Golden Globes and have been, uh, you know, uh, Tony Awards. So, um, so you have an entire class that breaks down the Chubbuck technique just in and of itself? Pretty much every, yeah. And I incorporate the Chubbuck technique in all of my classes, really, because this is, I love the fact that there's 12 steps. It's, you know, you want to cut, like for me, I like to know how do you cover your bases, you know? So, you know, tool number one, overall objective, what do I, what do I want from life more than anything? Tool number two, scene objective, what do I need from you in this scene? What do I need back from you? Tool number three, obstacles. What's the obstacles I have to deal with for my character and from life? What do I pull? You know, what's the crap that I pull up from my own life? What's the crap that the character's going through? Tool number four, who am I talking to? Right? I meet you for the first time today, and now you're my husband. Right. Right? Now you're my brother, and we have a lifetime of experience, and I have just met you. That you have to invent so in how, your mind. So how do I make that? How do, how do we create this believable relationship that you and I are like in this together, right? How do we? How right? do we? How do we do that? Well, am I going to say that now in two minutes? <laughs> 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 right? So right. But the, it's behind it. Inner objects, tool number five, inner objects. What's the story? Right. What, what's the, you know, cre- creating creating that, you know, creating that story, putting the, the living memories to work, even though you're reading about, you know, Jack and Jane and, well, who's Jack and Jane? Well, you've got your own, you know, people and experiences that you can bring to life. We talked about uh, Brian Riley that we saw earlier about that life in his eyes, right? That he was, you know, he's, he has stuff going on in his mind with these inner objects. Tool number six, beats and actions. Don't be a one-note wonder. Go after what you want in, in interesting ways. Change it up. We also pull in some Michael Shirtliff for that. He's, uh, he wrote a book called Audition, another great book. Get it? And uh, he talks about opposites, right? So if I'm going to make you, you know, make you love me, you know, make you laugh, make you cry, make you want me, show you I don't need you, right? right. If you go by, by dealing with these opposites in a scene, you make your work more dynamic and compelling. I saw this actress, uh, Carol Lawson, in, um, in Ivana's class, probably the best live performance I've ever seen. 
And I started to take notes, and I'm like watching. I I, like I didn't even want to look away to uh, take your notes to to take the notes, right? Because she was so compelling. She was just just beautiful. She had moments within moments, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you had all these opposites. I said it reminded me so much of Shirtliff, and she's like, oh, I studied with Shirtliff for two years in the '80s. So using these, so that's another thing that I incorporate. You know, addition. You know, in addition with the Chubbuck technique, like I say, I like to incorporate what I think is the best, the best. And but making your work unexpected, you know. So, but that goes in with so beats and actions. Um, moment before, where have I come from? You know, the your life doesn't start from when you say action. Um, Clint Eastwood uh, directs, and he doesn't even say action. He says, "Now move forward." He gets these actors, especially when he's working with the young actors. He's he, such a gifted director. Yeah, and he has them living their life, right? His eye. Is and he credits a lot of that to Sergio Leone, of course, but his eye for capturing the small details and bringing that scene to life as real and not feeling like it is a manufactured environment, I yeah. think, is probably beyond reproach for dramatic pieces. Now, if you have the opportunity, um, you know, when we used to be able to get those DVDs, you know, uh, you know, at the video store. And they would have the director's cuts at the end. This is a great way for actors to learn about the process, the director's process and the actor's process. And Let's play the play the director's play audio the, play, over the movie, and play, they talk yeah, about everything. Play the did. director's cut because you get to you get to hear their ideas behind things, and that's one thing that I learned that was new to me that. Clint Eastwood doesn't say action. He says when you say action, then they're prepared to act. But so he says, now move forward. Being so character, you go from life into life. Let's roll into the scene, right? And the same thing when you're on stage. You know, you get these actors; they're standing backstage, gabbing, 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 like, "Oh, I'm on." No, you're not. No. You're not going to do that. You know, you're going to. You you have to create that life. So you have to be standing. You have to be standing in the wings, in character, in your mind, making that scene that before you're seen, internalizing it, every single performance. No. And then walking in as if you're walking into a, a real conversation. And when you do the... And I, I've i never read that in a book. I felt like I instinctively knew that from the age of whatever it was the first time was that I did that. That you just do it. You just become that in that slice in time the whole time you're there. And then, then it's easy. Live in the moment. It is. Yeah, it, and that's it, actually tool number twelve. So, but yeah. Live in the moment, huh? Yeah, let it's let it go is actually tool number twelve. You know, so we've uh, yeah, let let it go. You do your homework. You make the plan. I mean, there's some other steps that we skipped over right now, but uh, yeah, li- living in the moment and just letting it go. Trust that you did the homework. You know, you put the pieces in place, and now so I can plan all I want by myself. But if I'm not living in the moment and feeding off of what you're giving me, right? You know, where am I? Right? Then yeah. I'm just like I can be acting by myself. Miscued lines, missed lines, all that stuff can end up being leading to something beautiful. Yes, in a live performance, if you're if you're in the zone. Yes. And I remember working with people that were taking more of an academic approach, and they just happened to be in a, in a play, as opposed to people who. This was their passion, and they would get really pissed off when somebody forgot a line just to throw them off. And I remember just feeding people, feeding people their lines through the dialogue, and getting yes. back on is so much more. It's fun. It, it, it makes you live in the moment. It yes. does. It, yes. It, it, it's yes. fun, yes. and it works, and it flows, <laughs> and you end up each performance is different than the one before, but it tells the same story. 
Yes, Uta, Uta Hagen, now I use Uta Hagen in my classes as well, and she's very good at teaching you how to be your authentic self. Like, how do I really behave? How do I really behave when I'm on the phone? How do I really behave when I get ready for an event? You know, what's, what's my authentic behavior? But she talked about this performance that she went to see. She saw this actress that was just phenomenal. She had all these fantastic moments. She said to her friend, come with me tomorrow. Come and see this. You know, oh, wait. You know, she's just so terrific. And then, uh, so they went to see the show the next night. And she's like, oh, wait till you see her do this, right? And then, and then this moment, and it didn't happen. But these other moments happened that were equally wonderful because this actress was, you know, used to like living in the moment. Yeah. And plus, it's a good skill set anyway. One time, I directed a play. I was sitting in the anyway. I was in the audience at the time, and the actress, God bless her, she missed an outfit. Right. So she was skipping from one scene. She skipped over a scene, and uh, so I'm that's not, a lot harder than forgetting a line. Oh my! The, the actors were on the stage waiting for her. Yeah. Right. So I'm there in the audience. I'm like wait a second, when's she coming in, right? So then I leave and I go back to the green room and she, I see her putting on this wedding dress and I'm like, oh, you're supposed to be in your writing outfit, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so she's like, ah, so she's got to get dressed. So those actors were on stage, I think like three minutes. Ad-libbing. Yes. Just, Improvising. Yeah. Making it up. But you have to know your character. But when I work with, when I was directing. Was it a comedy at least? Um, no, I'd say it was, a, it was an Irish drama, the, the, the Colleen Bond. So that was the name of the, gotcha. the name of the play. I mean, if it was like a Comedia dell'arte type film, it would have been easy because you just oh, it would have it would have everything. Yeah. So they had these deep conversations. But you know, when I when I worked with the actors, uh, you know, I work with them on their uh, character development, the script analysis. So they know who their characters are. So if you know who you are, you can continue and, the conversation as long as you need. Yeah, and if you give yourself doings, tool number nine, doings. You know, give yourself something to do because now when you go up on a line or something happens, you have like real business. So the audience might not even know that you're missing something and you're right. really waiting for that entrance to happen. Right, so. right. That's the way it should be. I'm going to grab this and look at it for a minute here. The Power of the Actor, the Chubbuck Technique by Ivana Chubb. Yeah, so this, so this uh, guy, Harrison Monarth, anyway, he, you know, had me work with these executives. Well, when they came to me for the, um, so he contacted me because I taught the Chubbuck Technique. But when the actors came to me, they didn't want to do improv. What they wanted to do was become better public speakers. So I thought, well, if he contacted me because of the Chubbuck technique, I'm like, why don't I take this? Why don't I take the Chubbuck technique and incorporate these strategies used by Fortune 500 companies for public speaking and executive presence with this, these techniques used by Academy Award-winning actors and create something new. So I created this new program, and it actually was instantly successful. And these executives knew that they were the guinea pigs for it, but it went great. I mean, it was just as powerful for them as it was for my actors. And so it was really beautiful. And then they brought me back to work with, with their teams. So I got to work with you know teams with, with, at their companies. And so then that's how I started doing Fortune 500 companies, which was like right off the bat teaching this technique was like it was awesome sure so it and it's and it's empower so I created this program my daughter was 15 at the time and I'm like oh what am I going to call it so my daughter Teresa she named it I'm like I, you know it's dynamic it's for executives is I want this that she's like why don't you call it the dynamic executive I'm like oh what a great name perfect right? yeah so that's what that's what, that's what it encompasses it. everything Connect, that you... relate inspire how often now how often do you run that, that class I've got one going now. So it, so it depends. So sometimes I uh, work with businesses on location. 
Right? Okay. And then sometimes businesses have a small office, so then they come. Now that I have my own building, yeah. <laughs> right? And so it's a great, it's a great, it's a great location. You got a little mini studio in there that yeah, works I got well. A little, like, like a small studio and lots it, of natural it, light it turns into a, a, a fifty seat theater. Just a tiny little thing, but yeah. uh, you know, it's to create my own programs there. But so businesses are able to bring their uh, their actors not their actors, but their employees, you know, to my space too, if they just have a small space or I can go on location. So and that's one portion that I'm hoping to grow that. I just got a new website. I don't know if you ever, anyway, I had, I made my own website. And, uh, well, actually, initially a guy, a local guy, Tony Landa, created my original website and it was great because I, I ended up like first page when you type in acting classes wisconsin actors craft was I on the first page i imagine this is all to tony landa god bless him he did he, now he's living in in uh, new york new jersey and he did a great job so then i had to remake the website after a few years because things get dated and then sure. i did it so then it you know kind of looked like the owner of the business did it i mean it was fine right but when you look at what you know what does the competition have they've got all the bells and whistles so anyway the bottom line is i have a new website that looks like it has the bells and whistles so now when you're when you're really pursuing like right now i got the fortune 500 with uh those companies with my uh, word of mouth you know yeah, so, the, the format now that everybody seems to be going to is a vlog format when you do your website and so it's set up on a WordPress. Yeah, mine's on WordPress, yeah. And what you do is you take every single post and you embed video in it and you use video to tell your story more than you do text and pictures. Because one of the things that I've learned over the last year is that 80, by next year, and they start predicting this a few years ago and it's on par, by next year they predict that 80% of all content being consumed on the internet is video content. People oh. are no longer looking at pictures and reading words because people are accessing the internet from their phones and from their televisions and not from their computers as much right and if you're looking at a phone nobody wants to look at microscopic words so they hit play and they watch the video which is good news for you because of the field that you're in you can really crush it but that means it's constant creation of content yes which is where we ended up here Today, doing this is I started realizing I needed to create content, and I didn't want all my content to be like how to buy a house, how to sell a house, 10, 10 stupid things buyers do in buying a house. I want I do that, but I said, now I can chase the things I'm actually interested in as well and just put it out there. Right. And, yeah, and the nice thing about what you're doing, too, is providing a service. They talk about when you're, you know, well, who's your end user? And when I was watching, like, 262 Eats, well, what are you doing, right? You, well, I love that, you know, when you're opening with the... Um, you know, as a realtor, I get to check out all these places. Um, but what you're really doing is creating that community in Kenosha, right? So when people are moving here, they're like, well, what is Kenosha, right? Right. So we, Okaba we, uh, has done this like Life Balance Kenosha, which is a really nice yes. website that they're doing, yes. connecting people to community. Yep. But you're also doing that with the, with the restaurants. And so that people say, oh, look, you know, oh, look, we've got La Fagata. We've, you know, we've, so we've got the Mexican restaurants. We've got the Thai, you know, or uh, Chinese restaurants. Now I want you to go see ba Basil Walk. Going to be checking it out, to too. Next Paz Pizza in Uptown. <laughs> Definitely going to be checking out Basil. Well, the last thing we're going to do, we're going to take another break. And okay. Maureen has agreed to 
teach me a thing or two, and I like to learn. So we're going to try a scene cold without me knowing anything about Maureen's techniques or what the scene is, and then she's going to coach me up, and we're going to try it again, and we're going to let you decide if there is an improvement or not. And, of course, if you are an actor, if you're an aspiring actor, if you're interested in acting, if you are interested in public speaking, if you are in sales, you need to be interested in public speaking. Marine is a great resource to help you up your game when you're using verbal and nonverbal body language communication. And that is over at the Actors Craft, which is, what's the address to the 4900 7th Avenue. 4900th 7th Avenue. When we come back, we're going to do a live demo of what a lesson kind of looks like, but we're going to do a very abbreviated version of it. We'll be right back. Yes. So just going already? Yeah, is it running? Yes, yeah, sir. All right. To paraphrase a great American patriot, I may not agree with a single word that Mr. Cusack says, but I would defend to my death his right to say it. And in the end, what is this case really about? Freedom. Those precious rights guaranteed under the Constitution to every American citizen to express himself as he chooses in thought, speech, and in action. You've heard a lot of conflicting testimony here. Maybe smoke is dangerous. Maybe it isn't. But if smoking is dangerous, so is flying in an airplane. So is skiing down a mountain or even crossing the street. All of us every day measure risks and we make choices. That's exactly what Mr. O'Brien did. Only now, he's asking to have it both ways. He wants the freedom to do what he wants, but he wants someone else to take the responsibility if he doesn't like the outcome. As much compassion as we may feel for Mr. O'Brien, that does not entitle him to seek out scapegoats if he, and financial windfalls. Ladies and gentlemen, in the furtherance of your oath as jurors, I ask you to set aside your emotions and draw that important distinction. Thank you. You really did a nice job of picking up on the materials. You only had it for a short while to look it over, and yet you remembered a lot of the details. So that, that was very, very good. So if we're gonna, so one of the things that uh, we can tackle right now is this Haber phrase technique on how to handle a script. Okay. Now one of the things you'll notice that on the script, I have underlined <laughs> some things. Okay. So the Haber phrase technique is pretty simple, actually. It's if um, actually if we look on the other side, I've written this out for you. The Haber phrase Perfect. technique has, it's really, uh, you know, really three steps. Um, the first step is your eyes are up for the opening phrase in the beginning of each new unit. Sure. And you're going to come from a thought. Margie Haber says, I say come from a thought and an action. Which sure. makes you more compelling. The same and, as if you're speaking action, from the heart. And the action can be something else. I mean, it can be, be a simple turn and, you know, your action could be put your glasses on or take your glasses off. Or if you're watching these lawyer shows, they're always buttoning and unbuttoning that jacket. Right? Mm -hmm. so, of course. So you come from a thought Fixing and an action. Tie. Then your eyes can go back down on the page to uh, for the next group of phrases, and then your eyes come back up to connect with the person with whom you're speaking. So this is a landing. So it's just like a touch point to say, I'm in communication with you. 
here we are together. Okay. Okay. And then the third the third tool is your eyes are up at the end of each unit for the resolution. Okay. So this is when you're changing tactics. So earlier I talked about, you know, if we're going to make you love me, you know, if that, if that was my goal. So, you know, make you, if, if make you laugh is my first tactic. So we, like, this would be like your beats in action. So if make you laugh was my first tactic and I'm finishing up, like, did it work? Yeah. Did I make you laugh? Did I get you? Right. All right, now let me try the next thing, which is make you cry. Now I'm going to come be, to make you cry, right? I'm starting from a new thought and a new action. And now my, my now my my objective now is to make you cry. At the end of that, my eyes are up at the end. Okay, is he crying or You're not? Crying. I either won or I didn't. Right. You know? So you're looking up, stating go. the objective in your mind, making your statement, whatever it is you're saying, right. looking down if you have to, and then looking back up for... Um, what's so word at I'm the end for? would be the resolution. Yeah, so. looking for, yeah you're looking for, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You're looking for confirmation that you completed Confirmation that, that you completed, right. The, yeah. Yes, that, okay. you, that you completed your intention okay. right? before you move on to the next scene. Okay? okay. So those are the three. Very simple. Eyes are up at the beginning. Then you can look eyes away. Are, you're at, your eyes are up at the end. Mm -hmm. You know that. Now, your eyes are up for any key phrases. So if it, there's a product name or... You're saying something important about your company's mission statement or the name of a company. Mm -hmm. If it's not said a lot, your your eyes you would look be, up for that. Your eyes would be up for that. Now, if it's an audition piece and you got a camera, your camera is the audience, correct? You look right at the camera for those pieces, or do, should you look offset? So, in this case, in this case, you're speaking to a jury. A jury. So you're okay. talking to twelve people. So you're not. So you're not looking at the camera. So the camera's not POV. So, it's so you're, you're looking yeah. past it. So what you're going to want to do is if oh well, here I'm standing. I don't know where I am on the screen here. That's all right. So so if this is your camera, mm -hmm. so you're going to want to be as close to camera without looking at it. Without looking at it. Got it. And you don't want your eyes to be below camera. You want your eyes to be at at camera level or above because the eyes are the window to the soul. If you spend your eye, you know, if your eyes are looking down here. You know, if I'm looking down here, this is not as compelling as if I'm looking here and you get to see my eyes, right? Well, you don't look at the camera here. So right. Here, so. Got it. All right. Okay. So um, anyway, so in the middle, your eyes are up for any key phrases. So in the middle, your eyes really can come up anywhere. The important thing is it's called a phrase technique. If your eyes come up, you must... Say the entire phrase with your eyes up. Correct. So if, if you're going to come up, finish eyes, your thought. Finish, finish the phrase. Got it. And not just finish the word, but finish the meaning behind the word. So like when you say, um, and isn't that what this case is really about? Freedom? You know, some people might be tempted to say, and isn't that what this case is really about? Freedom? Right. But no, you got to finish asking. you got to finish. Freedom, right? Wait. Give them the, yeah. Yeah, finish communicating. You're not waiting for the sake of waiting, but for the meaning right. to be uh, translated to the person with whom you're speaking. Okay? So this is, this is what the, the simple phrase technique is. So that, that is without any script analysis. Mm -hmm. Now, the same technique can be used with public speaking. Mm -hmm. Okay? So if you, if you have your script written out, or kids that are giving uh, presentations at school, right? How often do you hear the kids and they're giving the presentations and they're reading the whole thing down here? All right, this is a step-by-step -step approach you can teach your kids for their school presentations. Absolutely. And my kids are not interested in acting, although they've all done a nice job with it, but, uh, but they're very good at public speaking. 
I'll bet they are. They had that, so. so um, and it's such an important gift to have if you can if you can do it. So this actually, this Haber phrase technique helps you take the fear out of, of cold reading. Um, some people say, oh, you've got to memorize your script. No, you don't have to memorize your script. You, you have to memorize key phrases within your script and be able to look back at and reference them. You've got 50 people doing the same material. So mm -hmm. you, your job is to bring yourself to this material. Your job, the most important thing you can do is that script analysis I don't know if you're going to play it on that little video, Elisa Stratman is saying, never, never, mem never memorize before you analyze. Yeah. Understanding what's behind that. It's way more important than knowing the words. And the words are important to get correctly, right. especially in a commercial, because if you're doing a commercial, they have angsted over every and and the. Right. Okay, if you've got a one-minute spot... It has to have, be word for they word. They want it word for word. If Correct. Those, or if you're doing comedy, they want the words, because the... Comedy you have to keep is the timing tight. Comedy is with timing, so they want the words, which is why having that script in your hand is going to is going to help you with it. Now, speaking about having that script in your hand, there's a way. Can I stand and still be in absolutely? Frame? He can. He can follow you. Yeah, we can. Am I going to be here? So, a lot of times actors have that. The script is up, it's down, it's up, it's down. All right. I've got right. that going on like that. So you want to make sure that that script is not a distraction. So it's just like when you're in choir. So you got your, your hand sure. to your... You want to stand up and do it here? Sure. So you get that elbow to your side. You bring your hand in front of you. You have... Uh, the script is below your chin without covering your face. Mm -hmm. All right. So because you want to keep that face exposed. Sure. And you're going to keep it here. You're going to keep here. So this arm is going to be available for... Doing whatever, your five physical forms, whatever. Well, you, I need a hand for you to speak. I'm Italian. Okay. <laughs> so then you're going to follow. You're going to use your, like, the spider crawl. You're going to have, like, two fingers to the front. Okay. Can you see that? Two fingers to the front. And it keeps scrolling down. And three to the back, right? So okay. that, and you're going to follow with your thumb, okay? So that's something you can practice is... The scroll. Got it. All right. So that way, when your eye when your eyes are up, and then they have to come back down to the page, you you're not struggling for, for the spot. words. Right. You seem to have a really good memory for going over that material in such a brief period of time. You have a really good short-term memory. I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very good. So, with the um, so we're going to be following like this. So you're going to keep your elbow at your side. The script is going to be here. You, when you're using the script, you want your eyes to come down on the page, but you don't want your head to be bent over the page. So you don't want to be reading like this. Right. You want to be reading like this. Your eyes go down. All right? Mm-hmm. So one thing we've done here with the, on this copy of the phrase technique, I have actually underlined when your eyes should be up. So we know our eyes need to be up at the beginning of each unit. So you'll see on this, I don't know, we're really not going to see too much of it, but, yep. but that we've underlined, you know, the beginning of the, uh, the beginning of the unit, we've underlined the end of the unit. Now, the beginning of the next unit, you'll notice, is also underlined and your eyes need to be up. Mm -hmm. So sometimes actors think that they have to memorize this and then into, into this, but no, you have that opportunity to come from a thought and an action. So when you finish the end of that unit, 
you know, in thought, speech, and action, your eyes can go back down on the page, Come, you know, uh, give yourself another thought. You've heard a lot of conflicting testimony here. Okay, so you can give yourself that time to go back down onto the page, pick your eyes up, and come from that thought and an action. Okay. Okay. So that's pretty much, that's what the technique is. So um, now why, am, what, what am I going after? I want the people to realize this is not about smoking or about cancer, about whether or not it's dangerous, but it's about freedom. And That's freedom right. has a price. That's right. In so his case, he the price for freedom is he made decisions that are bad for himself. That's on him. And that's what, right. So I... I I've written some of those things here, you know, on, on the And to think this was actually set on television, because nowadays they don't want everybody have any freedom. <laughs> so, yeah. This is, almost so, a, this is like a libertarian stance. This wouldn't even be allowed on television where they're all socialists. So one, yeah, so one, so one of the notes that we've made here is like in framing. So with public speaking, it's how do I frame my argument? So in this case with uh, the Mather speech, he said if this, if this was a case, if this case was about cancer, his client is going to lose. Right. If this case is about freedom, we're all going to fight for freedom. Right. So this is, you know, for business, tell, make sure that you frame the story. Right? right. And in the case of acting, let's see what you're fighting for. You're not, with acting, you are not, um, you don't play the plot. You pay, you, you, you go after what you want, after the need. All right. Mm-hmm. So we're going to say that your scene objective here is to, uh, you know, is to make you fight for freedom. And we'll keep it that simple. I mean, we can divide this up to the different beats and actions, your moment before, all those different... There's a lot, there's 12 steps you can apply to this. Right. But we're just going to worry about, you just had a short time, you're going to go after your scene objective, which is make you fight for freedom. Um, and you're what can I do body language-wise to fill the room more? That's probably an important piece too, right? Okay, well, we can talk about five physical forms. I think that when you were uh, when we were watching the video, some of the, the um, audition pieces we were doing, we saw, I mentioned those triangle forms, right? What you want to do is you want to think about your body in dynamic ways. You want, to, you want to be physically dynamic and you want to have vocal variety. All right, so with being physically dynamic, ways to talk about uh, movement might be you have a, a wall form when you use up a lot of space. You have a pin form when you hold your body in a straight line. You know, you have a triangle form, hands on the hips. You bring your, this is, <laughs> you see my actors, they got the, the elbow brought into the picture, right? Um, you have a round form when you use your body in a round way, and a spiral is when you turn. Triangle gives you the most space, gives you the most presence? Well, I mean, it depends on what you're doing, right? Gotcha. I mean, if you got a big stage, you know. Right. And, and what you're going you're gonna to try to incorporate the five physical forms into all your scenes so that your, your work is physically dynamic. Okay. So when, it, when, so when is it going to happen? So the actor plans, the character does. So <clears throat> you, you might not see it. Like you, when you were watching these auditions, you may not have thought that, you know, this was a plan. But I'm like on the other end of the camera, the actor's doing his thing, and I'm going like... You know, I'm doing this, so they get their elbow up in the shot. But I think one of the sometimes when you go learn about audition technique, people are telling you you have to be still. You you don't have to be still. You have to stay in the frame. Right. That's your job. You hit your mark. You're gonna stay in the frame, but within the frame, you can be dynamic. If you go online and you watch Rachel McAdams in the Notebook, you know she's she turns her back all the way to the camera. You know when she comes back again and goes after what she wants. And the other thing you want is even though you have the script in front of you, 
when you are in character, you are in character talking to this person, and you are still in character when right. you're going down on the These street. are my notes. These are my notes because I'm making my argument to the jury. And that's how you almost have to, to look at it, right? In or, this case. It, yes. You Well, you could, you can turn it into your notes for your arguments with the jury, yes. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you're having a love scene and you have your notes, Right. Yeah, sure. Okay, so, I mean, that's not, so the, the important thing is when you go down onto the, uh, down on, even if you're going down on here for the love scene, that the words of love are still on the page. Your, your feelings of passion and love for the person are still here, and then you bring them up. You know, you've got to stay in character when you're down on this page. You don't want to lose those moments. All right? So, anyway, so even when you're in character, when, when you're using the script, this is why the Haber phrase technique allows you to use the script because you, you're not losing character when you go on the page. So the actor, sometimes actors have to learn, now I do not read the script like this, right? I have to stay with that same passion. So, okay, so back up, where are we? So now, so what you're gonna do now then is you're going to go after your intention, which is to make you fight for freedom. Well, in your life, who would you want to fight for freedom? So who in your life, a real person in your life, that fights for freedom? To fight for freedom. Yeah. When you're telling, like, when your kids or your wife, who is it that feels like maybe they're stuck in a job? Or, you know, you can find something that relates to this in your own no, life. What is it that you're fighting Okay, so, fight, so I'm fighting for somebody else's freedom. So now whose freedom am I fighting for? I need to internalize no, that. No, no, not you. Oh, now here's the thing. When you, when you are a lawyer or when you're an executive giving a presentation, you are not the hero. Right. You're advocating. You, yeah, you are Yoda. The jury is Luke Skywalker. You are empowering the jury to be the hero. And just like you give a presentation at work, it's not about you. It's about them. It's about them. And what, you're, what this information is empowering them to do and what you need back from them because of this information. Your scene objective is always about the other person. It's not about you. It's about what you need to get back. Okay, from them. The most important thing you can do with acting is go after relationship. Right. Otherwise, you're going to be acting in a vacuum, right, all by yourself. Right. Okay? I love it. So, make you fight for freedom. So, what we were talking earlier about, uh, I think we were off camera at the time, but talking about, you know, if you're one of your sons, I think, was interested in acting. I mean, maybe that's something. You know, don't stay in the status quo. Fight for freedom. You know, I mean, could that be somebody that you would talk to? All right? So, your scene objective is you're trying to elicit a change from the other person. It's mm-hmm. about reciprocal action. Mm-hmm. So you're so when you're talking to a jury, which has got you know twelve people, right? One person you're trying to elicit a change. That's your scene objective. Then a second person you'll have a different relationship. That will be your ally. You know what I'm talking about, right? The person that's on your side, right? Isn't that what this case is really about? Freedom? Yeah. yeah. You know you're on my side, right? Okay. Yeah. Second person you're talking to is your ally. Third person might be somebody with whom you have a different relationship. So maybe somebody that you want to nurture, right? Margie Haber talks about these five egos, playful, fearful, nurturing, critical, and adult. We all have them within us, but we also have people that have stronger, you know... Playful, they're, they're, fearful, they're more, critical, yeah, entertaining, play, Playful, adult? fearful, critical, nurturing, and adult. Nurturing, adult, okay. So, and uh, adult playful, is... Playful, playful? Like playful, we can say playful child, fearful child, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. A critical parent, critical. nurturing parent, nurturing and then the adult. adult. The adult is the person who gets things done. Okay. So that's the nice thing about uh, Margie Haber's book is the kind of that quick and dirty approach, right? So 
if you have five minutes to look something over, who am I talking to? Who, you know, so who do I want to elicit a change? Who's my ally? And what's the third relationship? Well, if my ally is this person and my person I'm trying to elicit a change is this person, who's going to be different? So maybe, I'll, maybe my third one would be nurturing, right? As much compassion as we may feel for Mr. O'Brien. Somebody that I want to nurture, they don't want to necessarily... Be critical. Yeah. Right. So we can have compassion if we're, if and expect If we're to critical of the plaintiff here, we lose. Your client. Yeah, your client, Big Tobacco. And there's a reason. Right. My client's Big Tobacco. But what I'm saying is if we are critical of the plaintiff instead of nurturing toward the plaintiff, then my client's going to lose. If, if we make it an attack of the guy, instead we have to make it about freedom. Well, we do need to attack him in order to win, though, right? As much compassion as we may feel for him, it does not entitle him to seek out scapegoats he's and financial We're, win we're nurturing, we care for him, but he's still not entitled. That's and, my Yeah, point. and we can nurture big tobacco. We feel bad for him for making those bad decisions, but those are his bad decisions. Those are his bad decisions, exactly. Yeah. So, but you're who you're nurturing, the person that you're nurturing is the person in the jury. Got it. You're nurturing, so your job is to empower them to be the hero. Right? There's people gotcha. in the jury. Now I'm looking below, but I'm supposed to be looking next to the camera mm-hmm. and above the camera. Right. So so when you're gonna so you're gonna handle you're gonna do the phrase technique. So we have on the sheet that uh, that you have, these I've underlined these phrases, right? Just to make it easier. And if you have presentations at home for school or presentations from work, underlining the phrases where you know your eyes are supposed to be up. I find it it's very helpful. Now you don't have to do this. You know you can be solid in the technique and just kind of automatically do it. But it's a good it's a good exercise to go through, especially in the beginning, so you yeah to get you train to your it. mind. And what you know then is when you have it underlined, my eyes have to read ahead and pick it up. So I'm gonna read ahead to paraphrase a great American patriot, right? So and then my eyes come up. And I come from a thought and an action. The action could be like I'm looking at the jury and taking them in. And, you know, to paraphrase a great American patriot, now I can go back for the read. I may not agree with the single word that Mr. Kuzak says, but I would defend to my death his right to say it. Right? So you know that you have to read ahead for these underlined sections. Mm-hmm. All right. So you want to, so you, right now you're going to fight for freedom. Who's going to be your. Uh, who are you going to be talking to? Who do you... The jury. No, your child. Who's your Who's your kid? That you're, is it your twenty year old that you're going to be it's... make you fight for freedom? Who? Which somebody from your own true life that you're going to be visualizing? Because right now you're looking. I'm at going to be making that person fight for freedom. Yep. Yeah, my twenty year old. Okay, so your twenty year old is there on the jury, and I want him to fight for freedom. Yeah, and of course your eyes are going to be next to the camera, mm-hmm. but not below it. Okay, so. So your 20-year-old is going to be, let's put your 20-year-old. It's right where right now is. Okay. okay. Yeah. And now, who's going to be your ally? Who's going to be your, the, your support in all this? They're like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, fight for freedom. Who's, on, who's, on, who's going to be on your side? Like, who's your BFF? My wife. Your wife. Okay. okay. So your wife is going to be your ally. So you're going to put her there on the jury as well. Okay. Okay. So now you're going to have a third person with whom you have a different relationship. And this is something that you can do anytime you have. If, if your character is talking to the audience... Mm-hmm. You'll p- pick these three people. Okay, third person, which the which... third person with whom somebody with whom you have a different relationship. So you're gonna empower your son, make you fight for freedom. You're gonna I'm draw strength from your wife. Draw strength from your wife. You're on my side, and mm-hmm. now somebody else. Let's say somebody that you have to nurture. Who would be somebody in your life that you would nurture? Maybe do you have a daughter that's young that needs a you know 
maybe a daughter that you could choose? Sure, sure. Okay. So, so I'm empowering my son. Make you fight for freedom. Making him fight. I'm empowering him to fight for freedom, drawing support for my wife, and nurturing my, my Nurturing daughter. your daughter to make sure. the right choice. Yeah, honey, we can have compassion for somebody, and, but still hold them accountable. Right? You can do that, honey. Okay? So now you're visualizing real people, but really all you have here is the camera. Got it. Your casting person could just be sitting over there reading, you know, well, now you're doing a monologue, but... Yeah, I love you. When can we get together again? You know, whatever. So you as the actor have to right. <laughs> create something else. Right, right, right. Even if they're feeding lions. Right. Yeah, or if, if they're feeding it to you like that, you got to win them more, right? you got to yeah. go after that love, right? Right. So, okay. All right. So... Now, when you say the line, not only do you say the, the end of the word, but you keep your eyes up till the meaning behind the word happens, right? So you're going to say, and isn't that what this case is really about? Freedom. It's, isn't this, that what this case is really about? Freedom? Freedom, yeah. Those precious rights guaranteed under the Constitution. Okay? You ready? Yeah, I think so. All right. I think Fine. So. And here, breathe in. Do me a favor. Breathe in. Connect your diaphragm and exhale. And breathe in. Okay, and when you and when you breathe in now, you have that connected breath. And now you're gonna look at the jury. So look at the look at the jury here, look at the jury there, and then that's your action, and then you can start your line. So tell me when you're ready, say ready. Ready. To paraphrase a great American patriot, I may not agree with a single word that Mr. Cusack says, but I would defend to my death his right to say it. And in the end, isn't that what this case is really about? Freedom? Those precious rights guaranteed under the Constitution to every American citizen to express himself as he chooses in thought, in speech, in action. You've heard a lot of conflicting testimony here. Maybe smoke is dangerous. Maybe it isn't. But if smoking is dangerous, so is flying in an airplane. Or skiing down a mountain. Or even crossing a street. All of us every day measure risks and make choices. That's exactly what Mr. O'Brien did. Only now, he's asking to have it both ways. He wants the freedom to do what he wants, but he wants someone else to take responsibility if he doesn't like the outcome. As much compassion as we may feel for Mr. O'Brien, that does not entitle him to seek out scapegoats or financial windfall. Ladies and gentlemen, in the furtherance of your oath as jurors, I ask you to set aside your emotions and draw that important distinction. Thank you. Okay.
Much right. better. So what happened with you? What what happened this time around that was different from the first time, the the second time that you did it? I didn't lose my place and get freaked out, and I didn't let the emotions run away. Okay. And I was still, so I was able to focus on what you're talking about, and you give me where to look, help me a lot. Okay, so because we have to be specific about which person we're looking at, right? If we're going to be looking, just like with public speaking, if I were to just be talking to people and looking like this, I'm really not communicating You've got an to idea. Pick a person out. I'm going to be talking to this person. I'm going to be talking to that person. I'm going to be talking to that person. Do you know who was really, really good at public speaking? And I found out, made me feel like I was the only person in the room, and there was probably 300 people in the room. Who? George W. Bush. Let me tell you a story about him. <laughs> I will tell you, so George, George Bush, somebody said, when you, when you are in a receiving line with George W. Bush and he shakes your hand, when he shakes your hand, he is right there with you looking in your eyes. So those yes. 15 seconds that you're with him, he was with you. Brilliant. He's not looking at the next person coming up. No. He's not looking at the person that goes after him. He's looking into your eyes connecting with you. And that, and he makes you feel important that you're writing. I watched him give a speech in Dallas, and I was probably fourth row back. You know, it was a seminar type thing. And I felt like he had eye contact with me the entire speech. Okay. Then I sat back and looked around and realized everybody felt like he had eye contact with me. The entire speech. Okay. Not me, personally. Oh, they yeah, felt with themselves. They felt that same... Personal the intimacy. Feeling. The, imita- yeah. the intimate it was just it was I ever since that stuck in my head from that day forward. Yeah. I use him as an example uh, when you're shaking hands with people because a lot of times executives have those meet and greets, right? And you say, how often have you experienced, or even in church on Sunday, right, when you got the sign of peace, right? And they're, they're shaking your hand. And, and they're looking for the, the next hand to shake. And they're looking for the, right, and they're not there with you. They're not there just taking, taking that time and yeah. being with you. And just yeah? getting it, getting it, and yeah. taking the rest of your peripheral without taking your eyes off the, yes. off the subject. Yes, yes. So, anyway, you can be the person that presents with power, right? <laughs> awesome. With the great techniques. Awesome. Still, need, still room for improvement, though, huh? There's a lot more to this. This was really basically the phrase technique, right? This was just basically one thing that you were doing is how do I handle... There's only so much you can... How would you compare the third one to the first one? Oh, much more connected. The other thing you did with the third one, too, was that uh, you had the connected breath, right? Because we talked about that. Sometimes if you feel like you're flying around, that you're not centered, what you do is breathing. I mean, they talk about this in yoga all the time, right? So just that... Connecting to the gut, you know, centering yourself. Like singing. And then living yeah. in this moment. All right, which is tool number 12, let it go, live in the moment. We could put a little, I do a little bit of Meisner, right, with uh, Meisner is like really living, being present in this moment with that person with whom you're speaking. All right? So that's another thing about just really living, living this. I love it. So. Thank you. I got Thank a lot of stuff. I have a lot of stuff. That was a lot of fun. It just made me think to myself after reading this, I would love to get a bunch of people together and do 12 Angry Men because it's so easy to do one scene. Talk about honing your abilities. That's okay. a really, really hard thing to do. But Alex Matalski directed this. We'll bring him back. He's a great director. Would he? Yep. I don't want to do a stage one. I want to do a studio version of it. Oh. You know what I mean? Like do it like jury room with cameras, everything else. I think we, I mean, we could crush it with that. Okay. And it's something that you don't need a budget for. Okay. 
Would you be interested in like directing it? Sure. I gotta find eleven other angry men, but I can help you. All right, <laughs> let's do it. Let's make that. Let's make that our project because I think that would. I, I think that's probably one of the easiest logistically. Is that public domain? Mm, not sure. I'll have to look. If not, I guess we'll have to. Uh, yeah, you have to make sure you have I, a public domain piece project, or you have to pay for it. And I'm thinking video rights versus stage rights or something different. So, well, you can come up with something. I will. I. I Hey, you know what? We've got a lot of writers in Kenosha. You can find good... Who are the writers out there that have powerful pieces? If you got good stuff, call me, because we want to we do more creative stuff. Okay. All right, awesome. Thank you, Maureen. Thank you for right. coming on. Take care. And uh, this has been, it's been a blast. Like, my heart is pumping right now. Well, <laughs> yes, and I'd like to welcome, if, you, if your kids are interested in acting or adults, your teenagers, if you have to give presentations at work, uh, call Actors Craft. You can list my number. We will have it in the description of the video, probably in the video as well. 262-705-0194. Or just Google Actors Craft Wisconsin. And, uh, it's going to be right here in the video. We'll make sure it's in there. Okay. And great. And I've got a summer program, too, for the kids. Good. Good. So, awesome. All right. all right. Well, thanks. And improv comedy. I forgot about improv comedy. I've got a new program called Imp- with improv comedy, John Pudlesnik. He taught for 15 years at Comedy Sports, and he's had 30 years in the comedy industry, and we have just started an improv comedy class at Actors Craft, so I, w- I want to grow this program. That's on my, my next on my to-do list. Awesome, awesome. I'm going to try and help you fill it with some people I know because I think it could be a, a, a lot of fun and a big personal growth and learning experience. Awesome. We, can, we have slots available right now in this class, so 